All His Movies, the Shia LaBeouf podcast. This is episode 17, the greatest game ever played from 2005. This movie began at 11.45 p.m. on day two. Nice little midnight movie. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And this movie, if we're comparing Shia to Cage, is kind of his boy in blue and his national treasure all rolled into one. Wait, National Treasure, you'll well, have Disney. to... It's Disney. It's Disney. Okay, okay, I was going to say you'll have to enlighten me. I missed the treasure hunt during this film, but definitely Boy in Blue, absolutely. This movie kind of starts right where Boy in Blue kind of leaves off in a weird way, historically. Like, sculling is no longer the national sport, and baseball and golf have sort of come to America. It seems like everybody in this movie is obsessed with golf. Yeah. That, like, you know, they're in a bar, and they're playing golf, they're betting on golf, they're betting to see if that guy can drive a ball, like this drunk guy can drive a ball through... Baseball basically like a phone book sort of thing. Everybody is obsessed with golf. I also think at the time, wasn't America obsessed with golf too? Like, I, have no idea. I mean, uh, when was this? Two thousand something? This is two thousand five. Okay, maybe Tiger Woods, the sensation, had passed to a degree, but I remember during the early two thousands and all that just golf exploding in America. I thought you meant nineteen hundred. I guess in two thousand five. No, you don't remember. In like, uh, no, yeah, it, you know, it was big. I think. I mean, when Tiger, Tiger's sort of like the late 90s, and I'd say maybe a little bit earlier 2000s than this, but he's still around. This is before the whole, his wife catches him cheating on her thing, and then oh, yeah, you know, yeah. there's all the craziness with the driving away and whatever, and golf club, whatever. Whatever happened, I don't even remember. Yeah, I guess we're sort of in peak golf mode. This is actually, brings me to my main point, my first point. This is a movie that's directed by Bill Paxton of not Bill Pullman fame, and <laughs> written by... Twin Peaks Mark Frost. Oh, I didn't know. Okay. He wrote the book, I believe, and also wrote the screenplay. So this oh. is the second movie in a row where we had a guy write a book and then adapt that book into a screenplay. Mm-hmm. This is a very different adaptation. This is much more straightforward. There's nothing very meta about this like there was with the Robert Downey Jr. intro or anything like right. that. Like This is very conventional, Disney, family, wholesome, kind of by-the-book, inspiring sports film. It's the kind of movie where you know that Shia is going to win in the end, and apparently in real life, uh, the real Francis we met won by five or six strokes, but in this movie he wins by one stroke, and he wins by one stroke because the guy he's playing against in the final playoff has a putt that lands on the lip of the rim, and so it's the most cinematic, dramatic, oh no, he almost might not win, but of course he's going to win because it's basically a kid's Disney movie, so of course he has to win. The real Francis we met, he's an amateur golf player, golfer, amateur golfer, who was a former caddy, had a chance to sort of basically buy into this tournament, goes and beats all these like really big professional golfers in the U.S. Open in what year are we in? Like 1913. We jump around a little bit because we start in the 1800s, then we go to 1900, and then we go to 1913, I guess. Yeah. Well, one of my issues with the movie is that like we start following the other golfer, Harry Varden, where it's like the first scene is they're tearing down his house in England to build a golf links, and the old man is like, this is for a gentleman sport and that's going to be a whole theme throughout the film is that like these less than desirable social people are going to rise through the ranks through the use of golf because Shia is very much in the same way like his father is this French guy who digs ditches for a living and he lives across the street from the country club where he works as a caddy but 
there's no respect for him or his family whatsoever. And I don't know, I kind of thought that was an interesting parallel between the two characters. What's weird about this movie is that it feels like it's several different movies in one that eventually kind of sort of all gel into one. Mm. But when the golf really gets going, that sort of, that you know, it begins and Shia misses qualification for this first tournament. But oh, wait, then he rewind, because we have young Shia. Well, we have Did young you Shia, realize but, that? But, but, okay. but before we even get there, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> okay. in the main thrust of the golf movie, there's sort of the rivalry between the Boston guy and the Irish or Scottish or British guy, like the two good golfers. Then you have the fat guy who's a third golfer. Then you have Shia. Then you have other people. And it mm-hmm. all feels like they're all playing the same tournament. But my big problem with this movie is I don't think it's visually interesting and I don't think it gels together. I think this is the most boring sports movie I've ever seen. Really? Like, yeah, it's so boring. I, I think you can make golfing look a lot more visually exciting than this. Really? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's just, ooh, it's bad. Uh, uh, and there's like, there's cheesy CGI in here. There's this, the shot of the ladybug landing That's on the golf bad. ball. That's bad. I'll give you that. But I don't... Okay, so I'm not... I don't watch a lot of sports films, so I don't know what they do to make them more exciting than watching sports on TV when it comes to the actual gameplay stuff, but I thought there were some really interesting things here. Like, uh, when the, when someone's standing up to tee off, sort of, like, the entire crowd melts away in a fog, and you see them, like, laser focused. There's times when Shia visualizes his shot, and, you know, the camera goes all the way yeah, down. Yeah, comes back. Back. And comes back. And there's that one time where everybody's sort of superimposed, taking the same shot. I thought they did some interesting things here. I wasn't expecting very much from Bill Paxton. Uh, I only, <laughs> I, I mean, only because I only know him from Frailty as far as a director. And well, it's the only other movie he's ever done. Yeah, and it, visually, it's not that incredibly stunning. I mean, there's one or two scenes of an angel, but otherwise, it's a very straightforward film. I, I think I give him credit most for working with kids. He gets great performances out of children, and especially the. 10-year-old caddy boy in this movie. Well, I think the problem that I have with this movie is that the movie itself and Bill Paxson doesn't seem to care what actually happens to the golf ball. Like, they show people taking swings, and then, like, we just go to the next hole. Yeah. Like, it's people are teeing off, and then people are putting, and there's really nothing in between unless it's, like, the cinematic moment. I give It just you that. feels like the yeah. golf is secondhand in a movie that's about golf. I give you I give you this that much in the sense that we don't really get, like, a full game of golf. I mean, I actually feel now... Like, you do realize that, like, the three main guys play 90 <laughs> holes of golf. Yeah, I know. And, and we, we see, see golf, maybe, like, five minutes. Well, the problem is there's too much montage with the golf stuff. Stuff. Like you said, like Which is crazy. it's it's over the top. Like I would have rather have had like an extra half hour if we could get more actual golf playing because there's a chance to make that really tense and interesting instead of just waiting for the final round to make it tense, you know, by almost missing a shot or being a stroke ahead. All in all, I think, like, Happy Gilmore does a better job with actual <laughs> golf gameplay, yeah. but I still enjoy a lot of the look of this. I enjoyed that it took place a 100 years ago, and people with crazy mustaches and funny hats that, you know, you would get a free bowl of soup for if you bought these days. So we start off with young Shia, like you were saying, that Shia, doesn't, Shia himself doesn't appear to like, almost 16 minutes in. So we have a young Shia who's obsessed with golf because he grows up across the street from this golf course. Yeah. You know, his mom takes him out of school to go quote-unquote shopping and actually brings him to this golf clinic or whatever and by the second shot he's like a professional golfer like he 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 shanks the first one terribly well doesn't he go see harry varden do like a demo yeah and he goes up on mm-hmm. on stage and so yeah that's what i'm saying like the first shot is terrible and then the second shot's like it would basically be perfect right down the fairway it's like oh okay like he's a golfer by swing too but it's also kind of funny how shia never brings up this moment later on in the movie that you were the guy who sort of inspired 
in me to keep going because everyone kind of laughs at him and then Harry's like no 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 it's actually Stannis Baratheon which took me by surprise halfway through the movie I Wait, is realized, it really? yeah I realized that Didn't halfway realize through that. the movie I was like oh my god he's terrifying now yeah they never they never he never calls back that moment really that inspires Shia and I wasn't sure if we were going to start flashing back from Harry and Shia was going to play a young version of him or if this little boy was going to grow up to be Shia the only other really notable thing that I wanted to point out from the early stuff before Shia shows up is there's a guy who walks through screen with this crazy mustache that Shia, that Shia like little Shia is caddying for that very easily could have been Nick Cage like he sort of looked like <laughs> Cage and I'm like what like what's it gonna take to just get like a guy that we love in one of these other movies well I could have definitely seen Cage as you know the older rival the Harry Varden guy or even the 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 brash American who's trying to hold on to the title yeah. it's funny how he gives that it starts as sort of an inspiring speech and then it ends with like you think you could come over here and take our World Cup thing. I mean, I could have seen Cage channel that guy a lot and, like, breaking golf clubs over his knee and just losing it on the court and stuff. We mentioned Boy in Blue, and I was looking around wondering if any of these guys were the real-life guy that he played. I was like, I wonder if he got into golf and watched any of this. Because this is based on a true story, and I think my biggest problem with the movie is that it seems like the people who made it, and I don't know if this is just Paxton or everybody don't really understand golf, and I'm not a huge golf fan, but it just seems like they don't care about it. The fact that they show like that it's like this Shy is this poor, underprivileged kid in Boston. Boston. Yeah. And he's like the way that he practices is he's putting in his bedroom, but his bedroom floor is like super warped. I'm like, okay, cool, like you can putt in your bedroom. That 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 has no indication on what it's like in real life. Like yeah. there's all these little things that are like they're movie moments. They're not golf moments. And I feel like yeah. the golf in this is just like terrible. And I'm not necessarily striving for the ultimate in golf depiction reality, <laughs> but like do better than this. Like you're making a golf movie and this is bad. Yeah, I, th- I hear what you're saying. I think it dwells too much on character, and I can't believe I'm, I'm saying that. Either be about Francis or be about Harry. You know, I feel like there's two movies at odds here again. I wish we could just somehow follow only what's going on with Shia, and we're not really dealing with Stannis back in London, getting crap because, like, he can't be a member of his club and all that kind of shit. And it's interesting and stuff, but it feels like an intrusion into the Shia story, if that's what the movie's truly going to be about. Let's stay there and let's stay with him and only watch him play golf, maybe, right? Like, only focus on him and... Yeah, you know, there's a lot of talk about reading golf books, and you maybe see his diary once, but yeah, for the most of it, it's not really truly about golf. It's more of, like, national pride or something. Something. I don't know what it's about. There's also this whole subplot, as we're watching now, they're at the opera, the girl, the daughter of this... Socialite. Socialite. And she's played by Peyton List, who's the star of the new... CW show Frequency, which I really like, which is about time oh, travel. Because I wondered what happened to her. I... She's really cute, and she's in. She's been in a bunch of stuff, and I was just like, oh, like she's in this movie. I feel like because this is like you know, it's it's the movie that's sort of hitting the four quadrants that you want. That like moms have to go see this movie with their kids, and like the moms want to be interested in some kind of love story or whatever. Like, okay, cool. Like, there's a love story, but what this movie ultimately becomes is sort of like a love story between a boy and his caddy. Like, right, it's sort of a right. love story between Shia <laughs> and this fifth grader named Eddie. Peyton List. I don't even know what her character 
character name is in the movie because she's always like in the background like they're on yeah. this date sort of even though they don't sit together at the opera and then she's just like I have to go back to school but like she never goes back to school she's always like watching from afar yeah. and it's just oh okay like cool like there's <laughs> nothing they never kiss there's nothing there mm-hmm. it's like this implied romance and it's just one other sort of tangent that they spend so much time, relatively speaking, on, and nothing ever comes from it. That's interesting. I didn't pick up on that. I, I wasn't especially looking forward to watching this just because of the day I was having. Like I was, I'll just say, like I came back from the accountant, and I didn't want to watch this movie because I was really enjoying that. And I just had low expectations for this, but somehow, like this was a lot better than I was expecting it to be. And only hearing you now saying like, "Why was this in it? Why was that in it?" Like it makes so much more sense now. Like yeah, like even though I was enjoying it, this could have been so much better if you just start in 1913 with the U.S. Open and make the whole movie just the U.S. Open, you know, and then you develop that relationship between him and his caddy, which is the best stuff in this movie, you know? This movie really gets going and, like, shows you what it's made of towards the end there. This movie also, you know, okay, so Shia needs to get $50 to go to enter the U.S. Open. Which is? Did you sort of tally and see how much that would have been? Oh, I'm sure it's it's, lots and lots of money. It's like $1,200. Yeah. Which I don't know. It's weird. So like he enters the the tournament that like the winner is going to be the amateur entry. But then if he's like if he's not part of I don't care it doesn't matter. Well, if he doesn't get entry, he promised his dad he'd quit golf forever too. Like they have that whole subplot between him and his dad, and his dad's like you're not making money playing golf. It's not a real way to earn a living. His dad yada, has yada, one yada. Folk- Okay, so his dad has one focus in this movie is that for Shia to have a job that makes money. Like he doesn't care what Shia does. He just wants Shia to get paid for whatever yeah, he's doing. Yeah, yeah. And then later in the movie, we sort of get this line where you you sort of get the sense that his dad is worried about Shia failing, which is the real reason he doesn't want him to golf. That has nothing to do Mm. with the lack of getting paid, but it's more so that he just didn't want to see Shia's dreams crushed. But you get no sense of that the entire movie. Yeah. He's just so angry, and we never actually get to see him, like, with the mom alone until the end. Yeah. And it's just another thing where it's just like... There's so many people that we have to focus on, and there's so many stories this is trying to tell. And again, because it's based on a book where you have the ability to sort of expand on all this, and even though this movie's two hours long and there's a lot of time to share, they just spend so much time in weird places. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting about the dad and the mom and the whole and his kid and his brothers and sisters. We never really get any of that. But I, what I was getting from his dad, it's we sort of I don't know if I really picked up on the same thing. It was more for me. It was like he was like they're just gonna use you for their amusement. You know, like they don't really care about you. They just think you're like some kind of freak who could hit the golf ball really well and you know they're going to use you up and sort of spit you out not that he was necessarily wrong or anything but it becomes a lot more when he sees that pride is on the line you know like his son is going to represent America and and, like if he does this he'll be a national hero and that really is what in I feel turns his dad around a bit and at the end he's the guy like giving him a dollar at the end saying you know like it's kind of but I agree also that it's not built up enough and it would have been better without it because it's like we need to give Shia grief so that he screws up on a couple shots here and there. So let's use his father figure as like this sort of specter in the background. Every time he has an insecurity, he'll cut to a shot of his dad. Because the the fact that he fails or he not doesn't fail out, but like doesn't win the amateur open, it's not really like a hindrance because there's like a loophole. Like he just has to raise the money. Yeah. The fact that like the only reason that that's there is to sort of prove to him that like his dad is right. It just seems lackluster. Did you notice that nobody in this movie speaks with a Boston accent? No, but like almost everybody speaks with an English accent. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing too. There is... President Taft. President Taft. <laughs> Shout out to Taft. I, I just like that but the kid was like, who's that fat guy over there? Poor Taft. Shia, so he, he gets, he buys into the U.S. Open and he the day before the U.S. Open, his buddy 
comes up, or somebody he knows comes up and just like, hey man, this guy over there is going to give me $20 to caddy for him, he's going to give me 50 if he wins, sorry bro, like I got kids to feed, and Shia's like, I can't pay you, like what are you doing? And then his friend Jack shows up with his little brother Eddie, and Eddie's like, just this annoying kid who just sort of wants to tag along, and Shia says, you know, he can come along, we'll figure it out, but like we can really only have one other guy on the course. I was looking on IMDb, like in between, and Jack is uncredited in this movie or something, I was just like, that's weird. Like, why is Jack not in this movie? And that's because the next he's never in the movie again. <laughs> Eddie comes back the next day and is like, Jack got in trouble at school. Like, I'm here to help. And Chai's like, all right, I guess I got Eddie. Truant officer, too. I love that. It's like the 1916s of the truant officers out there looking for runaway kids. The scene that we're watching right now, this is disappointing because this is his Rocky Four montage. Yeah. And like, it this is his like training montage. Shots. And it's just boring. Like, it's all it all happens in one place. I don't know what you could be doing. Like, I don't... Well, you could be doing a lot. Like, he, he has this old guy right that works at the pro shop kind of like the boy in blue hat who like builds him stuff yeah and this guy could have been his miyagi like they could have gone out and shown him not as meditating in the rain or carving your own golf club or anything but getting sort of deep with it together out there somehow but all he's doing is like poking his foot with a stick to like make sure that his foot like turns up the right way it's like oh okay yeah it's definitely the stuff I wanted more of you. It sounds like you wanted more of, and it's the stuff that gets shoved aside for all of the relationship things that really aren't the focus of this. I mean, none of that really gets to a point where it even seems like it affects him. You know, basically, he comes, Shia comes down on the line of like, I'm going to do this, or, you know, and that's it. I'm just going to do this because it's what I want to do. So there's really nothing that can like get in his way, per se. It's only just like win or lose on his his shoulder. So you don't need all this other stuff going (laughs) on. It's a tournament. Like, that should be enough. Like, we saw with Surf's Up. Oh, don't compare this. I'm just saying that's so much better as in the sense of like, you know, a sports film and inspiration and like taking the time to show somebody actually training and learning and changing as a character through the learning more about the sport itself you know I feel like this could have taken a couple lessons from Surf's Up it seems like the whole point of this movie is like to keep your nerves in check Yeah, because the guy Stannis has that problem with the four gentlemen that tore down his house. The four Abraham Lincolns? Yeah, the four Lincolns. Yeah, and he keeps seeing them all the time, too. But, Uh, like, Shy is here, and the only reason that he doesn't make it into the amateur open, like, from the the get-go, is because he misses that last shot. And then here, as soon as he finds out that President Taft is there and that President Taft's talking about him, literally the next shot, he shanks into the rough. And it's just like, oh, okay, like, you're just terrible. Like, this movie's like, hey, let's talk about nerves and, like, let's then mm-hmm. show nerves. It's just like, we talk about all the time that the, the most basic thing, and we actually just now and again just talked about it on episode two, side B. So I, I implore you to listen to now and again. But talking about, like, show, don't tell. Like, this movie tells first and then it shows. Like, just, right. you don't have to do both. Like, yeah, it's telling. Oh, there is Stannis. <laughs> all right. All yeah, right. yeah, right. He looks good. He looks young, like before he met the red, red witch or something. Oh um, man, no, you're right. You're that right. Like it, it's telling you while it's showing you is like its major problem here. Whereas it needs to be talking about stuff and doing different stuff. I hear you out there. It just feels all cliche. Like I think because but it's, we don't. It, yeah, but, but it's Disney. Like it's that, Disney, you gotta yeah. expect a but bit like, of miracle, that. Like this is like, essentially like you know, miracle is the same thing, but miracle's good. Okay, I gotta see that. Is I that the Mark Wahlberg? Or no, is that Miracle, the, no, Miracle um, is the hockey one. Oh, Miracle is the Kurt, Kurt Douglas. I know you know Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Okay. Is it? It's about the 1980s. I don't know if he's in know. it or not. It's the 1980s hockey movie about the when our amateur team beat the oh, Russians in the Olympics. Um, it was Noah, the guy who played Noah. <laughs> Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe. Yeah, I think it was Russell Crowe. Maybe. I, I can look it up, but I, I'm on my if phone. You know, I my notes on my send phone. us an email. 
Zack Attack. <laughs> <laughs> send it to Zack Attack. <laughs> I don't know, because I don't think we have an email. I could, I have unlimited emails I could create, and I could even like say, send it to all his movies at cageclub.me, and I'll create that email address. But I feel like the whole movie is just a bunch of cliches. Like, you know, yeah. Shia sort of comes from behind a little bit. They have the scorekeeper erasing names and rearranging names. And the only thing that that does for me is, like, remind me how annoying it was a hundred years ago <laughs> to, to do a score. score. Yeah. It's like you have 70 or you have, like, 56 golfers or whatever who were constantly, like, changing scores. Yeah. And it's all handwritten and chalked. It's crazy. Like, when you see stuff like that in baseball games like League of Their Own, you're like, oh, that looks kind of annoying, but at least there's only, like, a certain number number of yeah, runs and innings and things. Spaces, right, like yeah. things are changing by the stroke and God. the guy must be like I, I think of him as like a Roman timekeeper in times like changing the the clock second by second or something. Speaking of the accountant, he's like Ben Affleck going through like water or washable Sharpies. Like this is just guy like just throwing <laughs> like chalk butts like into trash cans, just running out of things to write with. And plus it does seem like Bill Paxton, we don't need to see that every time. What's Bill Paxton been in? Oh, he's... I know he's been in a million things, but like... Terminator, Aliens, you know, he's Game Over Man, like, he's uh, Titanic, I mean, he's in tons of But he's not the president of Independence Day, that's Bill Pullman. No, that's... Yeah, he's... Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I think I first knew him as the big brother Chet in Weird Science. Just like a total... From my heart and from my hands, why don't people understand? Exactly. Shia, like, you know, when the actual tournament starts, he he sort of, I don't know if he starts off poorly. I honestly don't know, like, how anybody does in this movie, because (laughs) they're just like, oh, you made six birdies in a row. It's like, okay, cool. Like, show us, like, him making shots. Yeah. And then people cheering. They're like, oh, you made six birdies in a row. Congratulations. You qualified. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. So he starts off kind of shaky, and then after three rounds, because a golf tournament is four rounds, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, usually... And so after three rounds, he's within one stroke. The like the AP wire and everybody is going nuts. And they're like, oh, Mr. Wiemet's only one stroke back. And it's like, oh, now I guess it matters. But, like, of course it always mattered because he's the star of the movie and we're following him. Like, he's not going to, like, be out of contention. They don't have enough like, time in this movie yeah. for a third tournament. Yeah, like, I feel like they focus more on the playing of, like, the fat guy from old Jersey, because we're in New Jersey, but like, you know, like they show him in the woods and doing like amazing shots, and it's like, no, you need to do all that with Shia, because Shia busts out this putt where he chips it over the guy's ball into the, the hole, and it's like, whoa, he could do trick shots? Yeah. It's like, come on, you gotta like, reveal those slowly throughout the movie. It's like, why are you no, spending No, he, do, he time? does that once, and then it never comes <laughs> back. It never comes back, and it's like, no, man, like, that needed to be close to the game-winning trick shot, and like, we needed to know, like, even if it wasn't accurate to the time we needed to see something about this character has an edge that no one else does right so like he does like this uh these new school things you know he's a fancier player like he has to outthink these guys but no like why are we spending so much time with that fat guy like shooting shooting ladybugs off a golf ball what's also (laughs) weird about the fat guy is that okay so first of all i'm not sure if golf changed in 100 years maybe maybe not but in a playoff you don't just do another round of golf. That doesn't happen, as far as oh, I know. Oh, right. You like just the tie-breaking like round? You, like re- you go back to, like, hole 16 or whatever, and you, like, play through again. You would do it on that day. Like, it's not like, we're coming back tomorrow, and all three of these guys who are tied are going to mm. be doing the playoff. So you come back, and it's the three of them, including the fat guy, and then it just seems like the fat guy just stops playing golf. Oh, yeah. He even says, like, I give up. Or something. That doesn't happen. Or, or he doesn't even say, like, I give up. I think he's just like, I've got nothing left in me, and then decides not to keep playing. Yeah, no, that doesn't seem legal. Because, like, like, all of a sudden, you know, if, if Shia or if the other two guys, you know, screw up, that guy's right back in it. Like, if he just plays his game, but he just disappears. And that's just, I don't know if that actually happened in real life, or if that was like, 
oh, we can't have three people coming down to the wire. We need to have it like we need to have Shia win by one stroke. So yeah, because it doesn't really seem like anything about golf has changed since its inception. I mean, maybe just using tees instead of turf when they're teeing off there. He's got, yeah, he's got a little him. sand, There's a little bit of that. Yeah, I don't know tournament rules or anything, but I'm pretty sure that that's not fair. You can't just say I give up. I mean, you gotta at least play out the rest of the game. It's super super weird. But yeah, now I mean, you, you mentioned it earlier. We haven't really talked about him, but on screen as we're watching. This is Eddie, his fifth grade caddy, who's tiny. He's basically half Shia's height. And all the people make fun of him. And then you know, after the third round, pros of the clubhouse or whoever are like, hey, you need a real caddy. Or maybe it's maybe it's after the fourth round. Maybe it's heading into the playoff. They're like, you need a guy who knows the course. And Eddie's there crying. And it's just like, you people, you terrible, terrible people. You're making <laughs> yeah. this 10-year-old kid cry. Shia's just like, no, he's my caddy. Like, I'm going with him. And this kid, he's exactly the kind of Disney kid that you would imagine. Like, he's got all the cutesy lines. But there's some... I mean, I don't know if it's just the performance. I don't know if it has anything to do with Bill Paxton getting it out of him. But he's, like, the only fun part of this movie. Like, Shia's sort of just, eh. Like, Shia's fine in this, yeah. but it's not really... Like, for a leading role, he's sort of, like, bland. Right. It's Eddie yeah. who's just, like, this, who just kills it. Like, yeah. I, I, I messaged you while I was watching the movie, and that for the quote that we're going to put on iTunes... I still haven't really decided yet, but, like everything Eddie says is quotable. He's like, dames, who needs them? It's just like, he's like this right. wise old man in this 10-year-old body. It's annoying if it wasn't so entertaining, if only by comparison to the lack, or the the rest of this like lackluster movie. Yeah, that's a good call. He is the energy in this film. It's crazy. I didn't even realize it until he came on screen that Shia is just kind of there. Like you said, he's not bad, but he's not really given us anything that we'll see later on. Like, I don't see anything anyone else couldn't really be doing here. I mean, maybe he looks a lot like the original guy, and that's why he's there. <sighs> but no when Eddie idea. comes on screen, you're like, where's he been for the past half hour? Like, yeah. this kid needed to be in the movie a lot sooner and a lot more. Shia in this movie, you know, we're talking about this young kid. Shia looks so much younger. Like, I feel like every couple movies that we see, like, there's just, like, this jump. Yeah. And he looks so much younger. And here he looks so young. And maybe it's just because yesterday I was watching that YouTube video that you sent over that we posted on the Cage Club Facebook page a couple of weeks ago. But it's about the, the wisdom, the philosophy, the philosophy of. of Shia LaBeouf. And so you have, like, modern-day interviews, and you have all this different stuff, and he's got the scar on his face that he gave himself in fury, and he's just like, he's a man now, as opposed to... I mean, it's 11 years later, but here he looks like such a baby-faced kid, and I don't know, it's just every couple movies, I guess going from a guy to recognizing your saints to this, you know, he was basically an adult in that, and here he's just like, he's just a kid. Like, it's weird, I think I mentioned a couple a couple episodes ago that we've reached a point now where he's going to have parents in every movie, and it's going to be, like, a big deal, and it's just, it's strange to see people age in reverse. I mean, we're going to see the same thing on Zack Attack, we just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, it is It is crazy, though, just how... I mean, I don't know how old this character is supposed to be, but I was like, who is he? Like, is this a teenager he's playing? Or is he playing someone older? I mean, is that why he's an amateur? Is because he's so young? Yeah, I never really got was able to get a handle on his character's age in this movie. Yeah, I was constantly going, how old is he? Because he just seems too young to play golf because Shia just looks really, really young. Like, he's got that perfect Disney baby face, pure and unthreatening and not too good looking, but like just average. And I don't know, I just feel like he fits all of the demographics you need to not offend anybody <laughs> like as in especially in a movie like this where I don't know I mean not like you could offend anyone with this movie but like I just feel like this whole movie is bland like we see you know when we put the DVD in to put it while we were recording this we saw the trailer for Pirates and like Pirates is visually 
spectacular. Yeah. And it's more interesting. I mean, National Treasure is the, the most recent, I think, Disney movie that we've talked about for Cage. And that movie is also visually interesting. I feel like there's just so much you could do. Like, you don't have to really, like, limit yourself because you're making a PG movie. Like, you could do so many things to, like, make people care about this. And just, like, they just don't. Yeah, I mean, I actually feel like they tried to jazz it up a little with the cinematography, like I was saying before, with some of the visual tricks and stuff. I mean, but the point is, like, you can't do it. It takes more than just that. Like, you have to actually have good content. You just can't have flashy shots and things like that thrown in. I sort of ran out of things to say about this movie. Like, I don't think it's bad. I just think it's boring. It's, I think that yeah. there's missed opportunities here. And I think that if we're talking about Shia, which is the whole reason we're doing this, there's just nothing to talk about there. Like, he's just yeah, sort of that's like, eh. true. Yeah, I mean, this isn't... this For a Shia movie, yeah, he isn't really putting it out there too much. It kind of feels like a playing it safe kind of thing, maybe. I don't know. It's just not stretching here for me. I could definitely see this for younger kids watching it with their parents, you know, on a movie night or something. Or if your dad really likes golf, maybe he'll get into this movie. <laughs> as much as I enjoyed it at the time, I enjoy it less now that we're talking about it. And I could <laughs> see, I just see its flaws a lot more. Last night, it just kind of washed over me. I didn't know where it was going or what it was doing. Yeah, it's just kind of in the end more forgettable I guess than anything else you know it doesn't offend it doesn't not offend it's not like one of those crazy Transformer films you can't help right. but forget you like you want to forget those and it's not Fury where it's like just this great well crafted piece of, of movie making it's yep. just kind of like there in the middle like an unforgettable thing yeah so I mean it's not bad but you know, I, I just hope that coming up for the rest of the last 10 movies that we have, I mean, a couple are known quantities. The next two we're doing are Constantine and iRobot, which are much bigger budget where Shy is the sidekick. So, I mean, I just hope that some of these other ones that we don't really know much about, like, you know, maybe like the Battle of Shaker Heights or things, that there's still some hidden gems in there, because like this, I thought could have been exciting, and it just wasn't. Yeah, I think you, I think it's another instance of, um, problem with adaptation, you know, because we just want this movie to be about Shia, the golf hero, and the movie wants to be about anything but golf. It wants to be about class and society and members only and gentlemen and ditch diggers, you know, and all of that is more on its mind than the actual game of golf, I feel. And it's too bad because by the end, like, there is a good golf movie in here. They just didn't really make it. I suppose you could, I would maybe cut this down to 30 minutes and you could get a nice little, like, Disney Channel episode of the greatest game ever played and there you yeah. go one thing that did really make me angry before we sign off here yep. is one of the matches takes place in torrential downpour yeah and i feel like that was really squandered like if we had just had the movie which was the tournament like we could have had a half an hour in the rain or something like right. that and then it really would have felt like an impact minutes instead they're just like oh shy is really good at playing in the rain <laughs> And everyone else isn't. And like yeah. moving on to the next day, it's like, no, man. Like I wanted, I needed like there needed to be more drama. Like that's what the stage, the stage was set for drama, and it just never really delivered. Oh, just a big old sigh from me. My <laughs> bottom line. So for all things, all his movies, you go to cageclub.me or facebook.com/cageclub. You can see the movies that we've done already. See what's coming up. Find other shows on the network. We're wrapping up. Shia's all his movies. We've only got ten more after this. So if you've made it this far, you're almost two-thirds of the way through. The next episode, Constantine, will mark the two-thirds mark, and it's also going to mark our first crossover in Cage Club history, where Shia's on screen with Keanu, so that's exciting. Worlds colliding. Worlds colliding. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time on All His Movies. I'm-